Hello and welcome to Tara's Take, a podcast with a fresh take on parenting, education, and life with kids. As a longtime educator, former preschool owner, and parent, I've spent the last two decades working with children and families in a variety of different roles and responsibilities from preschool to high school. Along the way, I've discovered there are things parents never learned that are helpful to understand topics in education that need more discussion, and bits and elements of life with kids that should be talked about more openly. My passion is making emotional regulation and social-emotional well-being understandable, relatable, and easy to implement. I'm a big fan of using picture books. I even wrote one with a playful take on brain science called The Adventures of Team Brain. There is no cookie-cutter approach to raising children, and the information can be overwhelming. Let's tackle some of this by having some important conversations and digging into some different topics. Hello and welcome. For this week's episode, I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm going to take you inside the Raising Resilient Children membership, where I host a special guest expert once a month to chat about all things education. So my guest this week is Amy Young. She is a high school guidance counselor, special education specialist, and a teacher for over 20 years. We're going to be chatting about transitions, making friends, and all those things related to back to school. All right. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, August 15th. Today is our chat about transitions and friendship and back to school. Amy and I have a podcast on transitioning to high school, so middle and high school. So if you are um, someone who has a bit of an older child and you're catching this, you might also enjoy that podcast. We did it last year. But this year, I really wanted to talk tackle um, talking a bit more about transitions because it's a topic that comes up every year in my work um what does an actual transition look like and then what what do adults define friendship as what do kids define friendship as and i want to have a bit of a conversation about how that changes so i'll have i'll touch on sort of the early years and amy will touch on some of the sort of older years because there's a real change in what adults parents caring adults feel is important and what kids do and when that sort of happens so welcome amy Thank you for hey, joining me. Thanks for having me again. I'm not going to lie. I am looking at the calendar. As I said to my son this morning, it is August 15th, which is the middle of August. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's almost time for school. <laughs> like I know every year at this time of year, it's that like sort of magical time where summer's not quite over, but you're thinking about what is school going to look like? Cause we're going back to school soon. Yeah. Right. And you know, I know yeah, we like- have a few more weeks, but like they're going to go by really quickly. Yeah, we do. But um, a lot of my American friends actually start tomorrow. Oh, okay. So they're yeah. back. So they're back. It's <laughs> they've, the been thinking, yeah, they've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks already. Yeah. Although I'm going to say most parents I talk to kind of do the denial strategy, which is like, mm. we'll just pretend until last minute. As my friend was <laughs> saying to you on Monday, she's like, so I kind of forgot about lunches. And I think I better put some stuff together because lunch, food and what's in the fridge don't actually go together. Right. And that sort of reminds me of all like any transition. It's always that little scramble at the beginning, like, oh my gosh, you know, there's like just trying to get used to things. Like even going into the summer was a bit of a transition, a little bit of a scramble to get into a new routine. And I find going back to school, is the same thing. So the first, I always look at the first week as a bit of a scramble, to be honest. Like my, my kids are in the next level. My son's entering middle school. So that's going to be a whole new, um, experience for him like this rotary and those things he's never experienced before um so I'm thinking about that along with him he has no idea what to expect but I do 
So I'm, I'm already thinking about that transition. And then I'm also thinking about transition for students coming back, you know, to see me starting off the school year in high school. So I'm always thinking about transitions in different ways as a teacher, but also as a parent, because I'm, I'm experiencing both. So it's, it's, it's good to talk about these things because I find that um, transitions never work as smoothly as we like them to. They always take us very long, like longer than we like. Um, (laughs) much longer than we like, but then in the end it works out if we, if we, you know, pick a routine and we go with it and we, and we put our, our, our invest our time into it. Um, in the end we adjust. So, um, so I guess I'm no stranger to transitions. I see it all the time, experience all the time. I think we all do. I just, maybe I think about these things more than other people do just because of the nature of my work. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's always a lot of, a lot of anxiety around transition times. For sure. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this today, I have a blog about with Little Tree about change and transitions. And I had a call last week with somebody whose child is going from kindergarten to grade one. And that's actually quite a common transition. Kind, starting kindergarten tends to stress parents out, which makes a lot of sense. And sort of they often share their stress with their little people because their their children don't necessarily know what to expect yet. So they're not really sure about what's coming. So they don't know what to be anxious or worried or have what ifs about. But parents have a big sort of idea of what to be. However, between kindergarten and grade one, there's a difference. Parents are like, what's the deal? We're in year three here. And the kids are like, grade one. It's right. And typically kindergarten teachers will do a lot of like, and next year you're going to have, you know, more studying and sitting and sort of in their efforts to sort of build in that responsibility factor. Some kids get really freaked out, which happened last week to this little person I was talking to. They're like, I don't want to go to grade one. So, you know, parents have a bit of a, some, some anxiety around kindergarten. I find the anxiety is kindergarten, middle school, high school. That's kind of where I see the transition anxiety for parents and then kids it's it's as you just said there's one I see one between kindergarten and grade one and then I see a big one around grade six or seven depending on your school some kids change schools altogether some kids start rotation and then of course high school is a whole another thing but one of the things I was thinking about earlier today because I was debating whether I would write a blog about this or do a podcast I have a couple podcasts already but I was actually thinking about do we actually put too much emphasis on making transitions perfect and not enough emphasis on the fact that they are just hard? I personally think so because I think perhaps it's because as parents, we we are concerned about our kids. We want our kids to have the best experience possible. And when things don't go as smoothly as we like, we actually feel guilty. Like I know me personally, I feel guilty if my kids don't have a smooth transition. I feel like, did I do everything? Like, you know, was there something more I could have done? And the reality is after all this time watching people transition and going through transition uh, myself, um, transitions are just hard. (laughs) Like that's, you know, and now with my kids, I say, okay, the first week, like I actually talked about this with my kids today on a walk. And I said, look, like the first week of school is going to be tough. The first day is chaotic. Like, I don't even know what happens on the first day. They show up and they come home and they, like, they look like their brains have been fried because they've gone through so much, <laughs> so much information. They're like, okay, I have all these people in my class. I'm a teacher. I got, you know, they're all learning the routine. And, you know, the first week. So I think that it's just, it's, I think we need to talk more about things, transitions being tough, especially yeah. at the beginning. There's always a learning curve. 
um, there's always, you're just learning so much because you're getting a lay of the land. You're trying to figure out what's happening. You're observing the routines. And then once you actually get to practice the routines a few times, which probably takes a few weeks, then you start to feel like, okay, like I know what I'm doing. And I feel like maybe we don't talk enough about that because yeah. a lot of times, you know, I, when I've sent my kids off to school, I, I want them to come home and tell me they had the best day, first day of school, like possible. I, you know, it was perfect. It was great. It made so many friends. Like I would love to hear that. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, the reality is that always hasn't been perfect. And there were times when my kids maybe didn't make a new a friend the first day of school or, you know, maybe they, they felt a little lonely or, you know, there, there were things, there were bumps in the road. Um, but ultimately they survived because yeah. as with any transition, it, it ends right after you adjust. And right. um, there is an end point. Yeah, there is an end point. It does end. Um, so I think maybe we as parents shouldn't put so much pressure on ourselves to have to, to, to like want our kids to have that perfect transition because we, I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. Um, no, no transition, no matter how well organized works out perfectly. Like there's no, there's never going to be a transition. I think where, you know, everyone's happy and not anxious and, you know, things don't get dropped here and there. Like it's, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I think, I think one of the most interesting things about transitions is, and when I really reflect, cause you know, my perspective, I'm often thinking about like kids, right. I'm always, I'm, I'm very like, problem solving, why do kids do things? What's the reaction kids have, right? I kind of have that lens. And one of the things that I think a lot about is sometimes we expect kids to do things much faster than adults. And I'm not really sure why, because they have less experience at it. Um, transitions is a great one, right? We expect, like you, you just mentioned, friendship. And I hear this a lot when I'm helping parents transition their kids into kindergarten, or even to the early years of elementary, they're like, really focused. Did you make a friend today? Did you... And when we step back from just that statement alone, who makes a friend in a day? It's not a thing, <laughs> a <good> right? Question. <laughs> but we, we have new people, we make acquaintances, yes. But you're right, have, I don't want to make a friend in a day. <laughs> yeah, and we have this expectation that kids aren't successful if they didn't make a friend in the first week of school, first day of school. Hmm. But if you really think about friendship as a concept, right? A peer, sure, you could meet some peers in the first week, but to actually meet somebody that you might learn their name, for example, may take several weeks to months because kids aren't like adults. They don't, hey, my name is, what's your name? That's not how they do things. Um, but I think even our maybe internal checklist for what successful transitions looks like, we need to recheck that too. Because I think we, we say, you know, did you make a friend? But would we say that to someone else, an adult? No, right? You wouldn't be like, did you make a friend this week? It'd be more That's like, a good oh, point. I've never actually asked you, Tara, if you've made a friend. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, look how long it took for us, right? It's, it's just not, there's just not this natural evolution. It's the same thing yeah. with like getting used to things, right? We kind of think by the end of the first week of school, regardless of age. So I think what's really important about this conversation is it doesn't matter whether you're four or eight or 12 or 14 you're not or, gonna or 40 yeah. <laughs> or the teachers yeah <laughs> or the parents um there's kind of different timelines but mm. i think one of the general timelines is that nothing happens in a week right like true true transition mm. to where i try to i try to tell parents like th think of thanksgiving as your first bar and if you have young children like JK, 
you're more aiming for winter break. Yeah. Christmas <laughs> for winter break. That's, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and people go, really? It takes that long. I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. For everything to truly be, you know, smooth and, you know, mm-hmm. but again, I think part of what makes things extra challenging is these unrealistic expectations that we put where we say, have you made a friend? Did you have fun? That's the other classic question. And I have a, right. I have a blog about this. And I have a podcast. Did you have fun? Well, would you have fun in a totally new environment with strangers and everything? The answer is probably not really, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's it's almost like when we think about transitions and we think about school, what is it that we want to? So what are some things that you think would be more, um, I don't want to say beneficial, it's the wrong word, but what are things that would be maybe a better check-in for people to think about, reflect on as they go through this tricky transition? Hmm. Tricky transitions. Well, as we're talking, actually, I'm thinking about how, like, why do we ask our kids if they made a friend? Like, what are we really, really wanting to know when we ask Hmm. them that question? Um, Maybe we're wondering if they felt like they were welcomed in the class. Do they Mm -hmm. find a sense of belonging? Could they see themselves um, being happy and productive in this, in this environment. Maybe that's what we really want to know when we ask them, like, did you make a friend? Right. So, I mean, these are all big questions and, you know, um, it's interesting because I do talk about these kinds of things with, with parents, uh, and students and my own kids. And now that you're making me think about it, I don't actually remember (laughs) what I've said to them. (laughs) (laughs) But what I do is I always, I sort of break it down. Like the first thing I do in the first week of school is I will talk about things that are tangible, right? Like we're able to find your classes. Mind you, I work in high school. So there's a, I work in a large school. So there's always that question of, did you find all your classes? Um, You know, were you able to um, at least connect with the teacher, you know, meet, meet your teacher, get to know them a bit. Did they get to know you a bit? Um, did you, you know, figure out where you're going to eat lunch? That's a big question in high school because, uh, you know, where do you eat lunch? Um, where's my locker? Like, these are all the things, right? So tangible things. Those are the things. Like, I'm the kind of person who, when I'm in a new environment, I like to sort of set up my own, um, I don't know how I would explain it, like my area. You know, I like to have my things in a certain way just so that I feel comfortable navigating you know, whatever comes my way. So usually that is like a physical thing. Like I rearrange things in my office. And I think mm-hmm. with students, it's about like, do you know where to go? Do you know who your teacher is? Like, who is that one? Like, I, I like to talk about the teacher because they're that one adult that you know they're going to be attached to um, for, for a per- certain period of time. And so to find, help them figure out who that one caring adult that maybe they can connect with, if they need anything. Like, I, I think that that for a lot of students is very comforting to know at least there's one person in the building. Um, that yeah. they can go to that they've been, you know, that's the designated person to help. Um, yeah. So with the younger kids, it could be their teacher um, with the older kids, like in high school, it could be like, here's the guidance office. You can come here anytime, ask any questions or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I find like the first, the first while I focus on the tangible things. And then after that, I start to unpack when we may, may talk conversations, like even at home with my kids about, you know, have you spoken to anyone in your class? You know, what are the topics you've talked about in your class? And just, just to get to um, get to know what, what their experience is like. I don't try to ask them if they've had fun. Um, maybe I, I do ask that question sometimes. It's, 
to see if they're at least enjoying some aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not terribly disappointed if my kid says to me, oh, you know, actually it wasn't a great class, you know. Right. Um, But, you know, that was just the one class. So I focus on the sort of tangible things first and then we can move on to talk about these more social aspects. But that usually takes like a few weeks. Like the first two weeks is really about navigating. Like, yeah, it's trying to figure out the day. And if you have younger yeah. kids, do not be surprised if there are a lot of uneaten lunches mm. because there is a serious time shift that happens in their trajectory for food that a lot of kids aren't used to. So if you haven't yet, if you're just listening now, if you haven't yet started practicing lunches, even if you've been at school for a while. So if you're like, oh, we got this in the, I, I still recommend a couple weeks before school, do a couple of like packaged lunch just to get back in the groove again of what that looks like. But definitely KG families tend to get very stressed. So one thing I want to just throw out there as a part of like the lunch conversation is just a quick tidbit is make sure you have an after school snack ready because it will not be unusual or have lunch, like open up the box again. That's what I used to do. Why Mm. waste the food? Um, because it's not unusual for KG kids not to eat. There's just so much noise and there's so much to intake and they're so not used to it. Different format. Another, they don't have a whole lot of time to eat. No, they they, really don't. They spend maybe have an hour and they spend half of it playing. And then the other half is eating. But then in that half an hour of eating, there's that transition to the table and then the cleaning up. And so really they have 20 minutes to eat. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. And then they I spend find a lot that of time was one talking. of my most stressful. That was one of my most stressful things as a parent was just mm. processing the whole lunch thing. That was really difficult for me as somebody as a family who's so um was used to meals and, and things like that. That was a big, big change for us. Um I think another point you made that's super important that also applies to younger children is part of what helps children transition is seeing their trust responsibility shifted. So you learning your teacher's name and talking about the teacher and sharing your respect or right doing that transition helps children see that caring adult as someone they can approach and talk to. It's also really helpful. So if you're looking for some actionable questions, something I've learned is it's helpful to find out if your teacher, if your child's teacher knows their name and says it properly. That's a really good sort of, hey, has they have you connected? Has your teacher called your name? Um, I find that's a a great sort of little bit of insight to see how the classroom has been going and just to see how they're connecting with their teacher. Um, That's a one way to sort of start, you know, building. I have a a strategy called report back to me. So if you're looking for a strategy, that's it's three, three questions, try something new, do something hard, try do something super fun. Um, And the whole goal there is to get to use goals. So if you have a, a child who's transitioning and having a bit of a hard time, you can use the report back me report back to me strategy to support you with actually building some of this so that you have three goals. This is especially effective if you have a kid who's like, I'm not going to school. I don't like school. School is horrible. Um, it can be, well, you need to go learn something new. You need to try something hard and do something super fun. Um, that way it's not just about fun, but it's also not just about learning. There's like a little bit of each. And you add on um, to that. So that's just like a little bit of a segue on the like younger, younger children component. Because as you can tell, it, it actually doesn't change much. What Amy just shared is actually not much different than what you want young children. You want them to know where their classroom is, where their cubby is, where they eat lunch, how much lunch they eat, 
Um, and in my kindergarten podcast, I talk about like how you can help them by pre-opening some of the packages. Now they gave a whole bunch of tips on that, which was amazing. So those are some of the like pieces. And then I think just like another quick sort of loop back is this idea of friendship, because I think this is a really central theme of school. In the early years, parents have a lot of expectations around building friendships and relationships. And one of the things Amy and I reflected on in our podcast, which we'll tackle a little bit today, is then into high school, parents really shift their thinking, but kids shift the opposite way. <laughs> so in elementary school, a lot of kids tend to be really focused on academics because that's, it's very school-driven for their brains. And they don't really think of the friendship component except at recess or at lunch. But and parents think the opposite. They're like, friends, we got to have friends, we got to have play dates and things like that. And then in high school, parents go academic. <laughs> and the kids go, I don't care about academics. I want friends. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it'd be helpful to talk a little bit about adult goals versus like the developmental places that kids actually are. Um, I think that's a good thing to revisit just as we're heading into the new year, thinking about, you know, what does, what does a friend mean? What does that look like? And what do kids, when does the goal shift? So now that you remind me, because we did talk about this in our podcast last yes. year, which is, yeah. wow, I can't believe it's been a year, but here I we know, are. Right? And, but <laughs> we're still having the same conversation um, because as teenagers in that stage of development, their peer groups become really important to them. Not that their parents aren't important to them, but the peer group becomes a little bit more, pri- it becomes more of a priority for them. And um, you know, what, students are interested in there. They always want to know, like, do I have a friend in the class? Like that's sort of the first question. Sometimes I have students who are like, can you change my class so I can be with a friend? If I can, I, you know, I mean, I make no promises. It's very <laughs> full. Um, but yeah, like I think that when, when high schoolers walk into a building, they're worried about like, if they're going to make any, like, are they going to meet any new people? Who are they going to have lunch with? Um, like it's such a big place for them that I guess they, they feel like, like the social aspect is really important because they don't want to be, um, feeling alone or not belong like that, that becomes really important to teenagers. So I would say the shift comes like in high school, whereas parents are more worried about, okay, like what courses is my child going to take? What is the pathway they're going to take to, to post-secondary? What are the post-secondary options? You know, are the marks that they get in grade nine going to affect their ability to enter a post-secondary program? Like, this is what parents are thinking. And students, not so much. They actually don't so much care about those things, I would say, probably. Like, some of them do. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say that that they don't think about it. Like, students do think about it. But um, where it becomes really um, sort of a big topic on their minds would probably be around grade 11 when they're 16. Um, There's something that clicks, and they go, oh, like... I need to actually start planning like what's going to happen to me after high school because now I'm halfway through high school and it's actually happened so quickly. You know, it it, it really does. Like I, I've, I've been through many cycles of students like um, in Ontario, like school, high school is four years. And, you know, I've, I've watched students go from grade nine to grade 12 many times and I've seen that pattern. (laughs) So grade nine and 10, you know, there's a lot of the priorities, usually friends. I mean, they, they do school because a lot of them are um, academically driven. Like they do school because they have to, like I've had, I have met many ha- academically successful students 
who don't necessarily like school, but they know that it's a means to an end. Like they know they have plans for the future. Um, so, but a lot of them in the grade, the first two years are sort of exploring who they are, um, which is what they should be doing actually is, is taking the time to, to try different things and, um, figure out what, where they want to go. And then in the last two years of high school is when they really focus on the academic portion and the marks. And so once they have that purpose, then they go for, like, they worry more about the academics, but definitely grade nine, not so much. Like, I think parents are in that mindset of like, where are they going to go after high school? Uh, and so, so are teachers, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm always thinking about what are the pathways for my students. Um, but I also have to remember that, you know, younger, the, the juniors in high school, there's a lot of things going on. And it's not just the marks that they're worried about. It's also all the social components. Um, and, you know, I think we talk a lot about mental health. Um, these days, there's a lot of discussion about mental health. Um yeah. But I think we have to acknowledge that in that stage of development, um, particularly in early high school, that the peers are really important to them. And I think when we discount that, actually, it makes it stressful for the kids um, yes. because like they're like, you know, I'm trying my best to please my parents. But at the same time, like I really do want to have a good core group of friends. Like I want to have that um, sense of yeah. belonging beyond you know, like, like, you know, I, my kids are not there yet. Like they're not yet looking for, um, you know, their peer group to be sort of the main social group. They still want to hang out with me, which is very cute, but I know, I know it's not going to last forever. <laughs> um, but, you know, like when, when they enter high school, they're starting to build that sense of independence. And with that comes, um, you know, finding their peer group. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what a lot of high schoolers are, are worried about at the beginning. Yeah. And it's, it's a different mindset than their parents, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it starts to shift in middle school. That's where I see mm -hmm. it starting to shift is middle school. Um, and one of the things like I think is important to talk about here, I think we actually, this is like a, this is a Tara's take. Um, I think we really confuse young children on what friendship means. And I think part of it comes from us unintentionally sort of making that a goal for kids. Like, did you make a friend today? We kind of, I was very mindful of this in my preschool, like, we kind of force kids to be friends with everyone instead of teaching them what different friends for different purposes, different types of people are different kinds of friends that not everyone is a best friend or a good friend or a reliable friend that some are school friends, some are, I think we need to do a little more sort of work in that area because I think as kids move into middle school, they don't really understand what it is they're looking for. I think that's part of what's tricky about that middle high transition is we don't really do a great job of teaching them what a, an, a, a good peer looks like and, and how those peers might mm -hmm. shift, right? Like, And I see that in peer. high school as well. Like um, there are a lot of students are confused about what yeah. is a friend. That's actually yeah. a good point. And we don't explicitly teach them. And I actually do talk about it with my students that I see uh, when they have conflicts with their friendships. And, you know, we analyze, well, what kind of friendship is this? Is this somebody you would see beyond the semester? You know, like mm -hmm. those are big questions because when I think about my own friendships, I don't, I don't, I'm not best friends with everyone I know. Like, yeah, you know, I have acquaintances with different uh, people in different parts of my life. Right. For so sure. I think those are interesting and important conversations to have with, with kids um, that you may meet people, you may meet, meet acquaintances, you may have a really great time with somebody, 
for a short while, but they may not be a long-term friend. <laughs> like it's yeah, just how it works out. And then there are other people that are long-term friends. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think, think that's... Are, yeah, I think it's good to to talk about those sort of differences because yeah, not everybody's going to be your best friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it's tricky for for younger children. And I think part of it's, we unintentionally put pressure on young children. Um, and it's, we kind of guise it as kindness. And this is one of the things that I was very mindful of with, even with the language of kindness, right? Like everyone in here knows what the language of kindness is. It's, you know, it's not about, it's not about having to love and like everyone. It's about being kind to everyone, regardless of how you feel about them. And I think that's where we kind of make it really murky for young children in understanding friendship. And sort of, you know, do you have a friend yet? And have you met anyone? Have you found any playdates? Have you found any, instead of saying, hey, did you meet someone in your class today? Could you find someone in your class that has something of the same interest as you? Or, you know, how did you get along with somebody who has a different interest than you? So sort of looking at those more specific questions instead of being, did you make a friend today? Maybe, did you play a game with someone today? Some people often say to me, I get really confused because my children won't share anything. And it, for, for young children, it comes back to how specific are you with your questions and are you asking mm-hmm. too many questions? Because if you ask too many questions, you become a detective. And when kids say, I don't know, this is really hard to hear. When kids say, I don't know, they actually mean it. <laughs> and, and when I use this example with adults, I often say, well, think about your day. If I was to say, how was your day? You're going to tell me something spectacular that happened or you're going to tell me something epically awful that happened. You're not going to like, you know, hey, this very mundane and boring thing happened. That's not what you share about, right? Like you don't connect with a friend and be like, hey, I just wanted to tell you that this very mundane thing happened today. That's not why you reach out, right? So kids authentically, when things are a bit routine and mundane, that's why they either share really bad stories with you or really epically good ones. It's because the mundane stuff just becomes a part of their daily routines. And they're just like, yeah, it's part of what we do. Um, so that's one piece. So if they say they don't know, it's actually true. And then the part B is if you want to know more, get really specific. Did you play soccer at recess? What did you do with X, Y, Z, you know, that kind of stuff versus what did you do at recess? That's like this huge, broad, difficult question. And the younger your child is, the harder it is to answer that question. So if you're trying to get some feedback on the day, part of figuring that out is that, and then Another part of like, how do we build this concept of friendship is how are we asking the right kinds of questions to help them understand who a peer is, who a friend is, and what that looks like. And then hopefully as they transition to middle and high, they have a better sense of who they want to connect with. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, not just for the jam-packed gems around back to school, but also as a little sneak peek of the kinds of things that happen inside the Raising Resilient Children membership community. If you want more information on that, you can head to the show notes or taragrado.ca forward slash RRC membership. Look forward to seeing you there.